I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And hi. We uh, have a lot of perspectives today. It's been a pretty rough couple of days. We had a different episode planned for today. Uh, and then I texted Madigan last night and I know that you were kind of in the same place mentally uh, where I was just like, you know what? I think that we should just talk. It's mm-hmm. It's been a minute since we've had an episode where we've just kind of like talked and not that we don't have notes and things to refer back to, but it's mostly just a lot of us are feeling a lot of things right now and let's just talk out our things. You know, I know let's talk it out. I know a lot of our listeners are feeling the same way. Um, So what we're talking about right now, and I'm sure everybody knows, is that on Friday, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And even though we knew it was coming, we've had this conversation. It's why we did a Roe v. Wade episode. Uh, We knew all of this stuff was coming our way. It's still painful. It's still really jarring. And I remember hearing about it. I was in bed on Friday morning and I opened my phone and I saw it and a lot of people were texting me already like right away 
And so I saw all of it and I felt it right away, having just woken up. And of course, I was like, you know, what the fuck? I texted Madigan. Um, but then as the day went on and I started thinking about the implications of it and who else might be affected, it's not just, you know, people who can give birth, but it's also everyone else um, who might be at jeopardy of other rulings that might be overturned. Um, I was just... it's The bigger picture of everything is very overwhelming to think about. And it's hard right now because there haven't been any real actions made for any other court cases. Like, you know, the legalization of same-sex marriage has been brought up. Even um, the ability to have the privacy of doing certain sex acts. Things like that have already been brought up. And, you know, nothing is really in the running for that yet. But the fact that, especially uh, Justice Clarence Thomas Mm -hmm. brought that up, some of the other rulings that he now wanted the court to take a look at. I just wanted to mention, because you you talked about how you found out about everything. I was in bed still, and when my alarm went off and I like shut it off, my home screen showed actually a message from a listener yeah. that said, what the fuck, Roe v. Wade was overturned. It was something like that. So that's how I heard about it. And I am not a pleasant person in the morning, and it also takes me like three alarms before I can actually wake up and know what's going on. I just remember literally like not even opening my phone, turning off that home screen, shoving my phone back under my pillow and being like, I need to go back to bed for a few more minutes because I'm not ready to deal with this day yet like that for me I was like I I can't do any reading about it I can't look at anything I need 20 more minutes with my eyes closed in this bliss that I have before I start to get angry and have to have conversations that are going to upset me you know initially it actually kind of scared me a little bit how how much despondency there was within myself (laughs) yeah whenever I I found that out that Roe v. Wade had been overturned like I didn't, I did later in the day, but I didn't initially like start crying. I wasn't really like super upset. Like I was just like, okay, yeah. This is what, this is what's happening now. This is where we are. And I think that's that's, scary actually though. But that's kind of, that's where we are. That's kind of a feeling of shock though, I think when you're feeling despondent. It's almost like when something really horrible happens and your mind isn't ready to cope with that whole big picture of what that means. So it almost you almost get this false sense of peace sometimes. At least I do when I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, fuck, this is what's happening right now. Oh, okay. And it takes me some time to kind of process what's going on before I start to really have my feelings, especially once I start talking about it. That's when I started really feeling my anger rise up and things like that, having the conversations with Max when I woke up. Um, If I hadn't talked about it and just stayed in bed all day, I probably would have felt a little bit shocked longer, but not shocked in a way like, oh my God, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. Shocked more in a way of just like, I don't know how to feel anything. Yeah, I don't know. It was very weird because I was still in bed at like 8.50 and I was supposed to be, on Fridays I work from home and I was supposed to be working at 9. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm I'm able to work today. And usually we have a rule that's like no meetings on Fridays, but occasionally that's the only day when we can have like a um, entire team meeting. So occasionally, like maybe once a month on Fridays, they schedule like a team meeting and we had one on Friday. And I was like, surely they're going to cancel this. Like surely we're not 
in a place where we can focus. And even my like immediate supervisor, who's a woman, um, we had texted that morning just talking about like how upset we both were. Mm -hmm. And she had messaged the whole team on teams, you know, for work uh, that she was just like, I don't think anybody's going to be able to focus today. It's a tough day. And I, you know, I responded to that and, and everything, but we still had the meeting. I still went to the meeting virtually and no one talked about what was happening. And I think that that's such a big part of it for me where I was getting like angry. And I think after that, how are we pretending that this isn't going on and going on with life as usual? I mean, yes. Yeah. Totally. After that meeting, I think I was like really upset and I was, you know, obviously there are, it was hitting me like all of the other implications, the fact that we could have, you know, same sex marriage overturned, like all of these things that we thought were protected might be overturned now. So that, that was hitting me, which was tough to deal with. But then it was also just like, I can't believe we're sitting here expected. How much are we expected to deal with? Like we're expected to go to work the day after we hear about a bunch of children getting murdered in school. We're expected to go to work and perform for... <laughs> on the stage of like capital yeah. right for everybody else after we hear that members of our own ethnic community have been gunned down in a grocery store we're expected to go to work after we find out that like all of our rights have been taken away and we have less rights than our parents all of that we just have to keep going we have yeah. to keep like the machine still needs bodies and we have to just keep showing up for that and without isn't saying that anything so fucking frustrating it's so frustrating and especially when it comes to work things because I think a lot of companies I know that where I work it is pretty liberal but still it's like when we're down on the floor we're not gonna but we're not gonna like talk about it because it's gonna invite other people to create conversation and you know it could could create arguments and confrontations and things like that so you do kind of have to be careful about where you're talking about these things and what you're saying which is really frustrating especially when I don't tend to mince my words with how I feel and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. It was very frustrating to have to kind of just be very robotic. And I'm incredibly busy right now, which I think has helped me in a lot of ways. But I think in at the same time, when I get into bed at night, I'm feeling that much more exhausted because I haven't necessarily been able to to think about everything. And I think, and I want to mention this as well, because I think it's really important, especially for people who live in Los Angeles and in California, because we are still very protected. protected. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that it feels differently for people that are in states where abortion is still going to be very accessible versus states where their rights are going to be more and more taken away more and more strict so I think that it is it's it's weird to think that my reality may not change as much and it's infuriating to think about all of the lives that will be affected so much by this I almost wish I could be like I have an open door policy I have a one bedroom apartment I only have a couch for you to sleep on but come to California you oh, know what I mean, I mean I'm like, I, I'll say that I mean we if you listen to my worst date that's what we say on Wednesday's episode as well is like Look, I don't have a lot. Um, I'm not rich by any means at all. But 
the only way that we're going to get through this is if we start on a person to person level being like, I can help an individual. Yeah. So if you need something as an individual, reach out. And I, I stand by that. Reach out to us on Instagram. 100%. Um, and we will find someone to help you. Like, yeah, if you we can't stay find, on my couch, we'll figure something out. We will out. figure something out. We will, we will call friends. We have friends who can donate money. We have other listeners who probably would donate money for yeah. specific causes. Like, we we can figure it out, like, because... I we have to look out for each other right now. all we have. We can't rely on our country or our representatives to do anything about this. I mean, we've seen that the Biden administration essentially is just to. laid over belly up. And no, they is, don't want to do anything about this. They don't want to do anything. And it's so frustrating. Okay, so I, I now that I'm talking about Biden and bringing him up, yeah. I do want to mention a few things because I saw something today that AOC brought up that I think is an important talking point for us. So AOC talked to NBC's Meet the Press she spoke with moderator Chuck Todd, and she said that the Supreme Court, quote, dramatically overreached its authority and created a, quote, crisis of legitimacy that Biden, that Biden should address. She also stated that she believes the conservative justices had lied under oath to secure their appointment. All five conservative judges are being criticized for dodging the question of overturning the precedent during their respective confirmation hearings or saying they would not support overturning the case. So the five justices that are on the conservative side are Trump's picks, Neil Gorsuch. Is it Gorsuch? Gorsuch. I don't give yeah. a shit. Um, <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. The others are Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. Alito was the one that drafted the majority opinion. FYI. So all five of these judges had stated during their confirmation hearings that they would not uh, push to overturn Roe v. Wade. I, I especially remember Amy Coney Barrett saying that during her confirmation hearing. And AOC is now saying that this is lying under oath and that it should be an impeachable offense. Well, even Alito, who wrote the initial draft for this um overruling of of Roe v. Wade, he had said years ago when this had been questioned that this was settled law, that this was not something that was going to be overturned because it was settled law. Yeah. And here we are having, he was officially on the record as this was something that we are not going to overturn. It's been this way for years. And I think that's almost why it's so shocking because even though we knew it was happening, there had been so many people who had said, no, 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 that's set in stone. We're not messing with Roe. We're not messing with Roe. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And this was something that we were afraid of. I mean, everyone who said that we were overreacting, that like these things were on the table of things that could be overturned and we should be scared about that. And so many people were like, they're not going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Like, calm down. Stop overreacting. Um, When Trump became president, look at uh, our system of government is so very, very flawed. We have these people who are unelected, yeah. By the way, the Supreme Court is not we don't get a say in who gets to be on the Supreme Court. Um, there are no term limits, so they get to be there till they die. And that's what AOC is saying, too. They will say whatever they need to say to get this lifetime appointment. Right. They get to be there till they die. And the majority of justices we have sitting on the bench right now were put there by presidents who did not win the popular vote. Yeah. So they were put there by presidents who did not have the 
the people's backing. The people's backing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Totally. Precisely. So it's just they get to make decisions for all of us. Really? Yeah. They get to decide what everyone has to adhere to. These people who were not appointed by us and weren't even appointed by people who were appointed by the majority of us. Like it is truly horrifying. It's 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 there is a true what's going on. There's a true lack of control and what feels like a lack of democracy in this situation, which is like what America is supposed to be all about. You like, know, it truly is. And they're talking about, you know, but you can vote, but you can vote. And they're still throwing this. Up. Right. I'm like, stop shut telling up. me I can vote. I've been fucking voting since I was 18. And, I and this shit is still here. happening. I, I feel very. I'm going to be really honest with you and like with the listeners that like with this podcast, like it's actually been pretty difficult for me because like I do feel like there's a weight of responsibility. We're not like a huge podcast, but like people do listen to us. And right. like, I, I do feel like there's a weight of responsibility to always be pretty um, optimistic about like we have to do these things. We have to organize and we have to protest and we have to vote. There's certain and things still, that like activists are supposed to like check certain boxes of things to say. Well, it almost seems like I believe in those things. Right. I do believe in those things. However, there is a part of me right now that it goes along with that like apathy and that despondency where I'm just like for what? Because I've protested for everything. I yeah. I protested for everything. I protested for women's rights. I protested for gun laws. I've protested um for, for black, black rights. rights. Like, I, I I've protested for I've been in these streets for everything that I could be in these streets for. And for I've, why? I voted every way that I can think of. I, I've looked at all of the ways. I've even voted against my own better judgment because I was like, this is the the smarter what's, way to vote what's best for the people or right. you know what I, I mean I've done all of the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do and I'm still stuck in this place where I'm like we have no power and, and I think me- that's what people are so upset about because I think that more and more people have opened their eyes to these things and become more educated and people are trying to use whatever way they can to move their beliefs forward in some way. And I think all of us are really feeling that way because it's like we're screaming into a void. Like, what's happening? No one's actually listening. No one's actually doing anything. Why are we doing it's, it's this? It's very frustrating, and, and it can get really easy just to say, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just want to check out and not do this anymore because... Whatever happens, happens, fuck it. And I don't have any control, and I'm... I'm I don't know, I'm just... I'm really sad I know I'm just really sad I know but I and we're getting to a very very dark place so I'm going to turn the car around a little bit and something that I've been thinking a lot about for the last few days is the Jane Network yep if you haven't listened to that episode Jane Collective the Jane Jane Collective yes please go back and listen to that episode because it is an amazing example about what just regular people can do to support one another in very difficult situations. And that's the thing. We have social media. We have ways of getting in touch with people that we have never had before. And we have to be able to even, we can feel pissed off and apathetic and all of these things. But the two of us, because I know us well enough, are always going to have our hearts open to be able to help anybody that we care about. And that's why we're not going to stop. Because we have to. Because we're caring, loving people. Yeah. Do you need a minute? 
I'm okay. I'm just, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I'm like, we're trying so hard and I just care about people so much. And I think it, it this, that's where it's coming from is yeah. just like, I, I get into a place where it's not necessarily even the rulings themselves that make me upset. It's just the lack of, the lack of care that we're showing each other right now. Yeah. It's just that we are moving backwards in terms of, we have all these resources that we've never had before. And we have all this technology that we've never had before. And all of these ways that we can help each other out and like make existence on this planet, which is already so hard. Yeah. A little bit easier. And we're choosing not to. And we're choosing not to. Like we're yeah. choosing to make it more difficult and more painful And, and for the people. only reason that that's happening is for money and power. And that's what's and so that's upsetting what's to me. It's, because I think a lot of these people do not truly believe that this should be that this should be happening. We should not have overturned it. It was set in stone. This was a legal precedent. It should not have been changed. And I think that even the people that are saying all these things and going along with it, I mean, let's talk about, I can't remember what her name is. I have it in my notes, so I'm not even gonna look. There was that one stupid woman who was up with Trump who was at a rally and she said like this was a great day for white lives or whatever and like totally had a slip of the tongue but it was like yeah that's exactly your point you didn't mean to say that but that's exactly what you're thinking because all of this is to protect rich fucking white people who are always still going to have all of these things available to them and all it is hurting are people who are in the minority Right. I mean, this is really a this is warfare on the poor. This is warfare on the poor. Um, I my co-host and good friend Christina uh, from my state had written a whole thing when this two months ago when this was first being threatened. Um, when Capitalism the draft needs bodies, the draft was leaked. Right. Where she she wrote a whole thing that was just like capitalism needs bodies yeah and that's true more and more people especially in millennials and gen x are are not having kids voluntarily right and like that's a problem but how are you supposed to drop out of it that's the thing like i think about this when i'm at work all the time i'm like i don't want to be a part of this cycle i don't want to be a part of this system but the only way for me to survive and get by in life is for me to be a part of this capitalist system and that fucking sucks we don't have a choice right that's part of it but one small bit of power that we can have is to choose whether or not we have kids right like that that's one thing that like we we have had is like yeah. and of course i'm not at all like judging anybody who chooses to like, have children you shouldn't have children <laughs> all, but it's just like that has been a choice that we've been able to have and for so many people especially when you know things especially right now with inflation and the price of everything things are so expensive we have been able to control our economic success um, or like how uh, our ability to save, to do things, yeah. um, because we've been able to control whether or not we have kids. Yeah. You, you cannot, we talk about it in our Roe v. Wade episode, um, but the implications financially on people who are already at the poverty line yeah. are, or below, if you I would control, be fucked. I would be so unbelievably fucked if I got pregnant and I had to have this baby. The price of delivering a baby in the hospital alone, I don't have health insurance. Uh, I'd be paying that out of pocket and there's no yeah, way. Which I'd, is 
tens of thousands of dollars. Tens of thousands. I would yes, be having yes. a baby on my living room floor. Like I'm not fucking paying that shit. No, it's, That's it's insane. That's one. My baby would be sleeping in a drawer. I, I live in a one-bedroom apartment with my two dogs and my boyfriend that we work multiple jobs to be able to afford in Los Angeles. What, what does it mean? What does it mean in a country that has no mandatory paid maternity leave? Yeah. Right? Like, there's, there's no... There's no system. There's set daycare. Up. There's babysitters. There's all this stupid shit. So what do you want poor people to do? All, like truly, what they you're can't work me? and they can't raise their kids. What are they supposed to do? If you're gonna put all of these things mandatory forced birth, right? Forced birth because that's what we're looking at here. Because there are a number of states, and we can talk about those individually if you'd like, um, that had trigger laws in place that have started that to go already. into effect. Yeah, that have already started to go into yeah. effect. Missouri included. You know that like are banning abortion right now. But if you don't think that they're working towards a nationwide ban, they are definitely working towards a nationwide ban. And what does it say in this country where there is no real mental health care, there's no maternal care that's mandatory for for anybody who gets pregnant. And what about there's paternal care or for, paternal or like care. for the partner to be able to stay home and help or be there for this child that you've now forced us to bring into the world? Like right, that's nothing. what's so upsetting. There's, there's nothing. So, it, so to me, so all of that says, all like if they passed a bunch of laws that were like, we're going to make sure that it is super like easy for, it would still be wrong because I, by the way, I don't want to be pregnant. It's yeah. not just about like what you it's do. It's not after about the having child. a baby. It's about I don't want to be pregnant. It's not about what you do after the child is born. At this point in my life, I don't even want to be pregnant. But I people don't, don't consider birth. that because people do not care about what a person with a uterus has to go through in pregnancy. It's always been seen as like a as a non-issue. Just a thing we don't that you give do. a shit about what people who are pregnant so deal with. That's not even the issue. So it's like, like oh, right? just nine months, you can do it. Whatever. I, I don't want to, me speaking as an individual right now in my life, I'm not saying that it will never change. Don't write it in stone. But like at this moment, I do not want to be pregnant. Right. I do not want to give birth. And that can it's change. Outside of, it's outside of having a baby right like it's just I don't even want to go through the process of that at all there's nothing and I know for me personally and I I know this isn't necessarily a reason quote-unquote a reason to get an abortion I love babies so much that if I was like I'm gonna have this child and give it up for adoption because I could not give this child a good life I know my mental health well enough to know how much it would suffer giving up that child after I had birthed it and any you, you, that's something as like well. I, don't, I know I it's mean, probably selfish to think about but like no, my god I would that. like fe- I would be broken giving up a child there's and your mental health can suffer if you are not ready and you do not want right this second not that you never do but like yeah. you do not want right this second to not only have a child but to be pregnant and go through labor that's trauma. It can be trauma. I'm not saying it is for everybody. Right. But it, it is physically very, very scary and very difficult. Um, and then also having a child, all of that stuff. And there, there and is a lot of... still very risky. I know that people don't think about... It's incredibly risky. With, it's, and I don't mean to like scare people, but I'm going to mention it because now it's on my mind. But I had a friend back in Minnesota whose sister was pregnant last year and she had like it was a stroke or an aneurysm like as she was pushing and she died her baby survived but she passed away giving birth and that's something that I think about like that would happen in like the 1800s it wouldn't happen now the but it's US's like the US's maternal mortality rate is very high yeah it's, it's, 
it, for for a quote unquote, and I hate this term, developed nation, right? The U.S.'s maternal mortality rate is very high. Yes, um, even higher for women of color. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly high. So rolling my eyes. There's that, and also yes, giving birth is more traumatic on the body. It's it's more risky yeah. than having an abortion. It's yes. more risky. Like things can go more wrong than that. Yeah. Um than having an abortion. And so I there's just so much to it. It's so it's so layered. There are so many reasons. I was and you also thinking you have to have those reasons. It should just be that your you it's that you your can body decide. And you don't want to do <laughs> yeah. this thing. I mean, so I was also just thinking. My high school always had someone that was pregnant at school. It was kind of a normal thing. But I think about teenage pregnancies as well. Not just you know how that's already a very difficult decision for a child to be having a child, but also what that means to go to school and be pregnant. Like I didn't really think about that when I was younger, but that's another thing is that people should be able, like kids should even be able to have that conversation with their parents about whether or not they want to go through the school year pregnant or not. You know what I mean? Like we shouldn't be having to force these people that are not ready to make these kinds of decisions to have to make those kinds of decisions. It's not fair. It's forcing people to be way too grown up, especially when people with uteruses tend to start puberty much younger. Um, My mom got her period when she was like nine or 10 years old. Does that mean that she should be able to have a baby right now? No. Well, I I know these are extreme circumstances, but like I still think it happens, but it happens all the fucking time. There are so many fucking pedophiles and terrible people in this world. I can't be blind to those things because I see them happening. Are we going to force all of these people that are coming from not good circumstances and forcing them to do that? No, I mean, well, and it's it's so much of like you should have control I know so many people who have chosen to have abortions where it wasn't I know people who chose to have abortions as teenagers coming from traumatic situations I also know people who chose to have abortions as adults where it wasn't a big deal they were just like you know what like I don't want to have a baby with this person so I went in I had a procedure it was in and out and I'm happy with my choice and my life moved on honestly I think of it as being the same as when I had to go get plan b get the morning after pill or something like that. I didn't have a positive pregnancy test, but I'm still taking steps to prevent that. So to me, it's like it's it doesn't have to be the fact that there's a baby in your stomach and you're killing this baby. Like that's what society has been telling you. That's not true. You don't have to attach this emotional side to it, which some people do, and that's fine. But like to me, I almost think about it that way where it's like I'm just preventing this thing from happening in a different way. It's not. A baby. Will it's not it, a baby. Will it potentially turn into? If you don't a do life. anything about it, it'll turn into a baby. Sure. But if you do something about it, it won't. Um, talking about that now, actually, I wanted to talk about Justice Alito's opinion and what yeah. he wrote. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Go um, for it. <laughs> I mean, it's going to bring up more conversation, so let's do it. He wrote in his majority opinion, stating Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. Like? And far from being a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division. Okay, so? 
Like, I, I don't understand what the fucking problem is. And and by the way, this is the exact same person who I just said earlier, and I think it was 2006, said that Roe was settled law. Yeah. And this was not something that we were going to be But now he's rehashing. saying that, that the argument was weak, that it wasn't, that, you know, and there's that no reason that it should be upheld. And that it's divisive. And that that's and that the problem. That's divisive. I'm I sorry, think you're worried. This is more fucking divisive. Well, Okay, look, Roe v. Wade has been something that has been brought up. It has been used as a division tactic by both parties forever. Basically, like, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years. Like, it it definitely has been. Okay, so I hear you on that it's divisive. So? So? The, the, you, really? Like, you're going to be like, I'm sorry, not everybody's happy with it. So we're going to get rid of it. So we're going to make the other side happy? Like, that's that's, what I don't understand. It's like, you're always going to be making somebody unhappy. So who are you? Why are you trying to make a certain group of people happy? I don't understand why you would even put that into your statement about this. Is that it's been divisive? Who's been dividing us? Yeah. Because because abortion abortion has not always been on the ticket no for for Republicans as a as an issue no and, and then when, when the fucking evangelical oh, Christians to decided mad. to like hold hands with the Republican Party and they were giving them lots of money that's when abortion became a hot topic I'm, I'm issue about to get with so Republicans fucking mad get mad everybody received that I know like if you're a registered Democrat at least in California, we were getting text messages and emails. Oh, I'm so glad that I'm not, I'm just a, what is it when you don't have a party? Independent. I just, I'm as an independent I, now. I'm, I'm a registered Democrat, so, um, unfortunately. Um, so I, I just changed mine. <laughs> I was getting emails and text messages from the Democratic Party being like, if you could just donate $25 to protect, first of all, shut the fuck up. Like, you haven't been protecting us. Yeah. The Democratic, sorry. They're not doing shit because they're too afraid to get their hands dirty. They're not going to play the same tactics as Republicans do. (laughs) Truly, I don't even think that's what it is. I think that they could have codified Roe. There were so many things that they could have done to protect this up until this point. But they won't do it because it is better for them to keep us all afraid that Roe could potentially be overturned because they can bully us into going in and voting giving more money and giving more money because yeah. they can hold it over our heads that this is something that could be taken away and if you don't vote for us then you know it well could be taken and away. i also really fucking hate when when they ask us to give money to something that's so fucking broad like i have a few resources that i want to give when we're closing out this episode of things that i think that if you are financially able there are some specific places that i think that your money can go to where it would be well received but I don't like this general like donate to the Democratic Party so we can help you kind of thing like no 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 where's my money going how are you helping me yeah because I voted for Joe Biden and I celebrated it and I popped champagne and I was so fucking happy that like Joe Biden and Kamala were in office because we got Kamala where the fuck are you all of these things and I don't regret having done any of no, that. No, because How? we had to make sure Trump wasn't in but office. We had to. And like, that's kind of the thing is I'm like, I did all of that shit. And what have you done for me? Nothing. Haven't done shit. Nothing. Haven't done Biden shit. hasn't done anything. No. Oh, did you know? And I don't know if we touched on this in our Biden-Harris episode that we did a while ago. But Biden spoke out about Roe v. Wade back in 73 when the first decision was brought down. So in 73, Biden had just become the youngest member of the Senate. And just 17 days before the Roe ruling, he said, 
I don't like the Supreme Court decision on abortion. I think it went too far. He went on to say, I don't think that a woman has the sole right to say what should happen to her body. I don't think a woman should have. Then who should? That's the, that would be my follow-up question. If a woman shouldn't have the sole right of what to do with her body, who are you proposing then should have because, more say? You know, I think that his language there is very, very telling because he's not saying, I don't think, as a Catholic, because he's Catholic, right? Yes. He's not saying, I don't think a woman should have the sole right to decide what happens to the baby because that's usually what their language, even though it's right. incorrect, right? Because it's not a baby. But what he's saying what is he's what saying it actually is, is. Her body. He's not even saying a baby. He's saying she shouldn't have the sole right to decide what happens to her, her body. body. So you are telling me. And what me, does that even mean? You are telling me that you understand exactly what it is. You understand exactly what it is. You said the yeah. quiet part out loud. Okay. So I don't want to fucking hear about it. I'm just so. Well, and he kind of doubled down on it again in 1982. He signed a constitutional amendment that would allow individual states to overturn Roe and make their own decisions about abortions, just as the current ruling would. And now Biden is saying completely the opposite thing. Of course he is. He is saying that, yes, I'm Catholic and I hold different beliefs for myself, but I do not think that my beliefs should dictate that of America as a whole, which I am like, yes, that is exactly right. You have every right to believe whatever you want to believe, but that doesn't mean that you can tell everybody else what they should do with their body and their lives are people who are older than my fucking grandparents he got signed into the senate in 1973 when he was 31 years old he is old as a fucking fossil how my mom was like seven in 1973 like how how are these people and and the people who are sitting on the supreme court these are the people? The fucking boomers that are pissed about everything they're, now. They're like, so old. They're like, so old. You get old. to decide what happens to us. You get to decide. You get to and, decide our future way, when you're not going to be alive for any fucking of it? I just what? heard that um, there is a group of Jewish people in Florida who are challenging this because they're saying that this violates their religious freedom because by Jewish law, um, you can get an abortion and in fact it is like you have to get an abortion if the mother's life is at risk it's part of like jewish law well thank you jewish law so they are saying like you cannot tell us that we are not allowed to get an abortion if the mother's life is at risk but that's how i can i get some non-religious freedoms here because i don't believe in your fucking god so don't tell me that's kind of what like jewish like the jewish people are saying like i'm if if freedom of religion, right? right? If we get to like practice our religion freely, which is what so many Christians point to, because by you know we're we're really leaning into a, a democratic theocracy right now in terms of like it, everything is coming down to um, evangelical Christianity. Like that's what's going on right now, and they're saying like if you get to do that, if you get to say like freedom of religion, and that's why we get to say that BT dubs. abortion is bad um then we get to say freedom of religion our religion actually doesn't say that and you don't get to say what we get to do yeah because freedom of religion it should apply equally for everybody and also freedom of religion there should also be freedom from religion right that's what this country was based on why do i have to have a fucking religious belief oh my god i'm gonna lose my mind okay do you need a drink yeah let's take a quick break (laughs) 
I'm I, I've been drinking water um, because I was napping like right up until Madigan got here. So um, I've been drinking water. Uh, but now but you're your, awake now. Your vodka soda is starting to look really good to me. So I think I'm going to go get one. I'm really angry. I'm I'm I was going to apologize for that. But actually, I don't apologize. Please for it. don't apologize. I feel like all of our listeners are also really angry. Um, So we will be right back. OK. OK. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're back. So let's talk about states where um, abortion is already banned or is soon to be banned. When we did our episode on Roe v. Wade, we talked about a bunch of states that had trigger laws, which were basically laws that would go into effect if Roe v. Wade was overturned. And we did see that. Unfortunately, I'm very sad to say that Missouri was the first state to enact their trigger law. They Thanks, did it. Keegan. They did it on Friday. I know I feel personally responsible for this. Uh, no. <laughs> What's weird? No, like I, I'm, I'm glad you don't, but I do feel weirdly responsible for things that happen in Minnesota because I do have of somewhat I of do. like a hometown pride. I'm like, you're so, making us look bad. Stop it. I mean, like, look at everything that happened in fucking 2020 in Minneapolis. I'm like, Fucking childhood shattered. Everything sucks. You yeah. All- <laughs> yeah. I mean, as somebody who's I'm not even I mean, that's my home and I still do a lot of work uh, in Missouri and I go back usually for like a month at a time, at least the last couple of years I've been doing that. Uh, but I've lived in L.A. for the last 11 years. So yeah. it's not home for me anymore. Right. Like, that's not my it, it, you know, LA I know is weird. My home, I'm- but I still I still claim I'm like, please stop it. 
like <laughs> I'm reaching twelve, almost twelve years now. I'm like, man, soon enough it'll be like half my life I've lived here. That's crazy. I know it's very weird. I've lived in LA longer than I've lived anywhere in my life. Yet I still struggle with certain uh, vowel sounds when I speak. Sometimes yeah, well, my it doesn't happen much on the podcast. But if you ask me to say the name Maggie. It to comes be, right out. To be honest, it is so weird. It's like, I don't feel like I have an accent, but if I go back to Missouri for any length of time, they tell me I have an accent from living in California. That's hilarious. So, yeah. Okay, well, so I guess we have to talk about difficult things. We can't just well, ramble Well, we on. have been talking about difficult I know. things. All we needed this, a palate cleanser a little bit in there. <laughs> all of this has been difficult. I've got my drink now, so like, let's let's get into it for let's the do second it. half of this show. Um, so... States where abortion is banned or is going to be banned very soon. Alabama. Alabama did not have a trigger law in place, but its officials are now enforcing a 2019 law that makes performing an abortion a felony. So the governor in Alabama... So the governor in Alabama said Friday that the state would, quote, immediately ask the court to strike down any legal barriers to enforcing this law. Um, so it, it sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this would be for the act for the person performing the abortion, not for the person receiving the abortion. Well, it says makes performing an abortion a felony. So I don't know what the laws would be for the person receiving, but it does okay. sound like at least... For the those person that performing give, it, right? Which you know they enact. Those well, and laws. that was that was what they did. Year, again, go and listen to the Jane Collective episode. That was something they've been doing for a really mm-hmm. long time: is penalizing the doctor or the person giving the procedure, and almost using the recipient as a way of getting more information and things like that to be able to take down these doctors. Kind of like taking it down from the source, right? Yeah, yeah. Because if you can stop people from performing them, you can cut down on the numbers of of people who are. Doing them or the safely. people that are good at doing them. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The like, people who are doing them safely because people will still seek to do them, obviously. Yes. I mean, that's part of the Jane Collective is like people didn't stop people from trying to get them. Nope. But pe- but there was literally dying people yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the streets. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas. So the Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge certified a trigger law on Friday afternoon. Like like I said, these were trigger laws. So they, they were went ready. into effect right away. Um And this law banned all abortions except to save the life of the mother and making no exception for rape or incest. Why? (laughs) Because they don't care. Because they don't care. I've seen a number of people, especially like evangelical people, say that like, well, it's God's will. This I mean, OK, I don't mean to like, again, like go off on this shit, but I, I was in a Catholic church a few weeks ago for a wedding and I felt myself burning from the inside. Happy you texted pride. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, this fucking sucks. But I was thinking about the Virgin Mary because this story is fucked up. Mary was not an adult. She was yeah. a, like a young girl yeah. and suddenly like became pregnant without her consent and was like you're gonna be the mother of god and you're gonna have this baby and it's bestowed upon you you don't have a choice you're doing this done and you are now blessed and whatever and i'm like no 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 she was fucking raped yes yeah no you're not wrong i am not wrong no you're not you're not (laughs) i was like this is fucking bullshit why was i told this story as a kid to think this is cool was violated and she was supposed to see that as a blessing and that truly can i say something scandalous the only thought here was that she was fucking raped by god if that's the story we're going with well i mean yes i agree with you and (sighs) it's it's fucked up that we don't have feelings about religion i'm sorry so do i i have a lot of religious trauma um but it speaks 
volumes that we don't think of it that way. And, and again, okay, I realize that what we just said is like a lot, especially for people who are listening who are still religious. I, I understand. And you can believe whatever you want. I'm just, as someone who never questioned any of that, when I stop and think about the actual story and how it would happen to like a friend of mine, I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, and also that I think it's important to raise that question because it is the basis for allowing us to think of childbirth and pregnancy as this like miracle inherent miracle like yeah. that, it, that it's always this miracle and like no matter how it came about it's not a miracle it's biological our it's, bodies can just fucking do this thing it's science it still has the possibility of like being this miracle and so like even if you were raped or even if it's the product of incest it, it was has, god's will and, and it still has the um potential to be this miracle and that's yeah. the all, all of that just bothers me in general because to me it seems like a way to pacify someone who's feeling pain yeah oh but it's god's will so you should be happy about it's this. fine don't worry about it so in Arkansas, like I said, they're they're banning abortions with everybody, um, with the only exception being to save the life of the mother. Now anyone who performs an abortion risks a felony charge with a $100,000 fine or at least 10 years in prison, but the law will not charge someone for seeking the procedure. So they are only going after those who perform the procedure. People who perform the procedure. In Kentucky, Kentucky passed a trigger law in 2019 to ensure that abortion would be deemed illegal in the state effective immediately upon a Supreme Court overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, so at this time, they have banned abortion. Louisiana, Louisiana's trigger law has been on the book since. 2006. I hate that. Uh, I was still in high school. And on Tuesday, the governor updated the law to provide exceptions for infant fatality and ectopic pregnancies. But not for the mother's fatality or for the person giving birth's fatality. Right. I mean, ectopic pregnancies would be for the benefit of the mother, but thanks so much. You know, like, okay, thank (laughs) you. Thank you you so much. Missouri. Missouri's attorney general uh, signed an opinion on Friday to allow its trigger law from 2019 to go into effect. Like I said, they were the first state to do so. See, and this is the thing why none of us should be shocked because all these people have been, pre- these states have been preparing for this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah, their trigger laws, they had years. them in place. They had them in place. They were ready to go. They were ready to go. Um, Ohio, again in 2019, Ohio passed its own heartbeat law. We talked about that. So yep. Governor Mike DeWine signed into law, federal courts um, signed, Signed that into law in 2019. Federal courts stopped the law from going into effect. With Rose overturn, DeWine and the state's attorney general are sought to lift that stay. So they are going to enact that heartbeat law, which would be a six-week abortion ban. Six weeks? You would barely know you're pregnant. Six. And okay, so I, sorry to like keep interrupting, no, but I, I feel like I've read so many different articles and things are just popping into my head. But I was reading a story today about someone who has like PCOS and that's a reason that your period yeah. can be very oh, irregular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there are times like your period may be that late and you just wouldn't know to think about a pregnancy. When I'm traveling, when I was in Missouri. Right? And I, yeah. I, I knew I couldn't be pregnant, but I was freaking out a tiny bit because when I was in Missouri, my, my period came like a week and a half late. Yeah. Which is not... 
normal I'm, for me. Yeah, not, I'm not that late. Like I'm not always right, right on time. I'm pretty regular. It's not usually like a week and a half late. And so no. I was getting a little concerned and a week and a half late. So if you got pregnant immediately after your period, right? So you've got probably four weeks there and then you've got like a week and a half. So you're at five and a half weeks. Yeah. I would have been at like five you and a half weeks. You better get in in a half a week to a week. You wouldn't even know. Like you just, you don't, because sometimes your period's just late. Yeah. Like sometimes that just happens. Like, And sometimes taking a pregnancy test is scary. I've taken many of them because it just helps me to know. It's like yes, taking COVID tests. Anxiety, it's like, yeah. okay, fine. Um, but I mean, I've taken them when there was no chance of me being pregnant just to be like, okay, I'm fine. But um, like, it's it just, even that can be anxiety provoking. So yeah. it's like you might want to put off taking that pregnancy test for a little bit. You know what I mean? Or going to a doctor to get an actual pregnancy test, like all of those things. Like I know I'm an avoider. Like when something is really overwhelming to me, I'll put it off for the very last second till I have to do it. And that's what's scary. We can't always rely on knowing what's going on with our bodies all the time or that we're going to mentally be able to handle everything in the way that we're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In Oklahoma, even before a decision was made on Roe v. Wade, Oklahoma banned nearly all abortions um, since the state lawmakers approved a bill in May. On top of that, the state had a trigger law that the attorney general certified on Friday. South Dakota passed its trigger law in 2005, and it went into effect immediately. So many of these yeah. states, they had trigger laws for way before decades. Yeah. So South Dakota, another thing that I read, their clinics, one of them is looking into moving to Minnesota, actually, because they're so close to the border that they may be able to just jump a state to be close enough to still be able to help people in that in that area. Um, so that's interesting that they, that, you know, I think a lot of these companies have been preparing and thinking about ways to oh, yeah. still give care. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know that the clinic in South Dakota, I can't remember the name of it, but they did specify on social media that they are, they will be operating and giving the procedure for as long as they are able to do so. Yeah. And I, I do also know that our governor, Gavin Newsom's a piece of shit for so many reasons. But at least he did some. He he did come forward along with the governors of um, Oregon and Washington. Yeah, they've created a West Coast offensive where they're saying like, "You are welcome to come to this state and get an abortion. We will be a safe haven for you. Anyone from out of state can come here and get an abortion, and we will shelter you." But what about so, the money? Well, exactly, uh, exactly. Which is why, like, on a person-to-person level, what am I going to call Gavin Newsom and be like, "Hey, I need a hotel room." Well, and that's <laughs> why. I mean, and I will say this, and I, I, <laughs> I realize the risk of putting this on, um, out internationally, out, 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 <laughs> out into the world for all of you listeners. But I, I believe it, and I'm going to stand by it. Like, if you need help, we will help you. Please message us. I will do, I don't, I can't say that I will be able to um, be able to provide the funds for everybody who needs funds to get to California no, and do what us they need to pers- do. Keegan and I personally may not be able to but do we everything. we will do what we can do. We will ask other people. Exactly. We will reach out to our sources. We will do what we we can do. If you are struggling or you are, you are in a place where you need help, 
We will do what we can do to give you help. And I truly think that for the people that are in states where there are protections, that's such an important thing to tell your friends and to get out there that you can be a safe haven in some way because I can't imagine being in any of those states right now and probably having a pregnancy scare at this moment and freaking the fuck out. I got lots of friends. I got lots of friends who are willing to put five on it. You know what I mean? Yep, like, exactly. Who are willing to, to help for this for this circumstance because we are fortunate to live in a state um that allows this so i i stand by if you need help please reach out and we will try our best yeah to find someone to help you yeah of course yeah um texas of course passed its trigger law last year like idaho's the state's abortion ban will go into effect 30 days after the supreme court ruling but clinics have stopped providing abortions making it effectively banned what the fuck yep ken paxton that shouldn't be allowed you would think ken paxton the state's attorney general issued an advisory friday that previously unenforceable laws were now in full effect. Quote, under these pre-row statutes, abortion providers could be criminally liable for providing abortion starting today. It's very scary right now for doctors and, um, doctors and abortion providers who ethically, morally believe in doing this work. Right. It's very scary for them because they are faced with a situation where they're like, Morally, I feel like I'm obligated to give this care. But if but they am do I going to go to prison for 10 years mm-hmm. if they, I do this? And that's they could. a terrible decision to have to make, especially yeah. I feel like people who decide to do that for a living, I feel like for the most part, and I know I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like you typically have a very strong moral standing on abortion when you get into yes. a job like that and you feel very strongly about that right yeah and so i'm sure and i it's also the trouble of their livelihood you know what i mean like that's how they make money and have and and been able to live their lives there's genuinely a fear for their personal safety yeah so many and their families personal safeties mm-hmm. i mean have been have this been doesn't attacked. this doesn't just affect people with uteruses it affects so many other people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean and we rely on those people to give this care and they want to. And like, that's why I, I, I have a lot of compassion. But you're asking them to do something dangerous. Yeah. And it's, like, it's very oh. scary for them as well. It is. Um, Utah, Utah's trigger law has gone into effect under the ban An exception. It can only be made if the mother's life is at risk or if the pregnancy was the result of rape or incest. Wow. Utah's more progressive than other states. Um, Planned <sighs> Parenthood of Utah is trying to block this ban. So the states where abortion could be banned soon are Mississippi, North Dakota, Tennessee, um, and then will likely be banned soon are Idaho, Wyoming, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, South Carolina, and West Virginia. I kind of so. thought you were going to start singing 50 Nifty United States. <laughs> it sounded like a really horrible oh, version God. of 50 Nifty United States. I mean, but unfortunately, that's the case. If you look at any of these maps, oh, yeah. the, the states where abortion is protected are far Few outnumbered far by, yeah. by the states where it will be either is illegal now or will be illegal soon. So it's, it's very scary. And I've, I've really had to grapple a lot and I've been telling a lot of my friends here in Los Angeles because I do feel like I'm not going to play into that like coastal elites mentality that a lot of people have about people who live on the coast because I think that it's a toxic way of saying like they don't understand us and I I don't want to do that. But I will say that there is something that happens with, people who live on the coast sometimes where they were just like, wow, they're all so mixed up in the middle of the country. 
And I don't want to do that because... Well, I think it's a very easy generalization to make, especially two people being from the Midwest. Like that wasn't necessarily our experience. Like we had the people I know there. No, exactly. That's the thing. It's like it's it's a very easy generalization to make. But I think in a lot of times you it's easiest to make those generalizations when talking about things. But you also have to indicate that we're not talking about each individual person or group and things like that. Absolutely. But as a whole, because the second you step out of L.A., you're in Trump country. So, you know, it's not like you can say California is this liberal haven because really L.A. is kind of and San Francisco is like a liberal haven. You know, (laughs) the truth is any big city. If you go to any big city, even in the Midwest, if you go to being from the Twin Cities, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I always felt like I was in a little bit of a bubble as well because I grew up up in like there were colleges around me younger people lots of nightlife you know gay clubs like I didn't grow up feeling like I was in this sheltered Midwest town I felt like I was like with it a little bit you know what I mean so I want us to pull away from that because I do know even we have said on this podcast some things that could be misconstrued as being elitist in a way and I I don't ever want it to come across that way because I, I do want people I do want people to hear that we understand yeah that like I'm not asking you to just leave your home and be like, and be like, why would you? No. And I think that if you love your home and you want to stay there, that that can be part of your role is about making where you live a better place. Like I don't want to live in any other place. I like living where I'm at. That's great. This is your home. But if I loved living in Minnesota, I would do my best to make where I was the best place that it could possibly be. I mean, I have a friend that just moved back to Texas after living in L.A. And she's, you know, happy. Yeah. I mean, but she but she feels the same way I do about a lot of major issues and things like that. But she still loves the people and where she's from. But she's going to do her best to make that place better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I also understand that it's not always as easy as saying like just leave or whatever it's like totally. it's, it's difficult like it requires a certain amount of um financial security to be able to just like get up and go somewhere else yeah so a lot of people don't have that and you shouldn't have to like your country and your state should look out for you yeah like, you should, shouldn't have should to run be, away from they it they should be looking out for you and so yeah. if you need help you know there's help I wanted to talk, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the other laws that could be looked at now that Roe has been overturned. I wanted to bring up, before I forget, the abortion pill. Uh, That's something that people are worried about getting access to and things like that. Um, Indiana and Texas have restrictions for the pill before this week. South Dakota, Montana, and Oklahoma have attempted to outlaw it, but its courts are working on blocking these attempts. So... Abortion pill access along with contraceptives as a whole, that is becoming more and more of a conversation again, um, along with same-sex marriage. So Clarence Thomas was the one to bring up some of the other um, decisions that could be brought up again. The cases mentioned were Griswold v. Connecticut, which is a 1965 ruling that said married couples have the right to obtain contraceptives. Lawrence v. Texas, which was a 2003 law established the right, which established the right to engage in private sex acts in 2003. Our country's trash. I don't know what to tell you. Trash, trash, <laughs> trash, 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 trash. And Obergefell v. Hodges, which was a 2015 ruling making same-sex marriage legal. So full transparency, this week Madigan and I were supposed to be discussing 
the legality of same-sex marriage in the United States. Um, and that's what we had all of our notes written on. And yeah. that will probably be the episode that you get next week. Uh, so that's what we were set out to discuss. And So I, we did a lot of reading probably on Obergefell v. Hodges. So and much reading on it. and More um, reading about Edith Windsor. And, and that's kind of the thing that got me was on Friday, you know, I had that initial hit of despondency. And then... I I had spent like the last two days writing my notes, right? About, yeah. About same-sex marriage. And it hit me that like these laws could start to get overturned. Yeah. Having spent quite a lot of time kind of enveloped in this research totally. for this episode. Well, and, and it, that, that, it, that made me, it, uh, that's what first made me start crying. Was right? just like, I... Because you've already <sighs> been invested in something during the week. You've done a lot of reading. You feel like you're kind of in that headspace already. And I'm seeing a lot of LGBTQ activists reaching out and saying, hey, if you have... Get all your paperwork together. If you're married, get, yeah. get your paperwork together. If you have adoptive children get your paperwork together. If you had children through a surrogate, get your paperwork together. Where I'm like, the implications of this are families yeah. could be destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. destroyed. And and we are preventing more families for the future by limiting who can get married, who can have kids. We can't go backwards. We can't go back into the fucking closets. That's not possible. Well, we're here. It's It's... And that's the thing that's so frustrating. The fact, and and the fact that not only, which of course this is a big enough deal on its own, the whole marriage situation. The fact that they have any right to bring up whether someone can do a certain sex act in their home, bringing up that case again, we're gonna go back to fucking sodomy laws now. What it's, is going it's, on? It's genuinely really, really scary. I mean, like I don't know. Like these, when these conversations come up, like I start, I get really teary eyed. I'm like teary eyed right now. I, I like start getting, um, it's it's very scary for me. I I was watching TikTok and this is stuck with me, and I really wish I had saved this one because I've brought it up a lot in the last couple of days where it was this um, English comedian and she was being very, very earnest and sincere and she got on her TikTok. It wasn't a joke and she was just like, I've been seeing a lot of, and this was before, this was weeks ago, this was before any of this passed and she was like, I've been seeing a lot of English people and European comedians continue to poke fun at Americans and that's always been very acceptable because America has always been seen as this kind of like idealized country. So, so we need to take them down a few pegs. Make, making fun of them always felt like punching up. Like it was always funny because it was just like, yeah, it's America. They're like they they they're we have, they have all the media and like all this stuff, and it's funny because like they run the world. And like, can you believe they do this shit over there? Mm-hmm. And she was like, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Like, it, it feels like punching down. Yeah. It feels like what they're going through. Because I think this was right after Ovalde. And she was like, it feels like what they're going through with gun violence and racial violence. And now, you know, Roe v. Wade and everything else. It's like, it's actually not funny anymore. It's no. not funny. Everyone over there is terrified it's too real and i'm like it we are terrified yeah what's happening right now with the potential not only of our rights being taken away but that we could continue to have them 
be taken away. That, that this that could be the sex, beginning of that something. That same-sex marriage could be overturned. That loving could yeah. be overturned. That inter- That's on the table. It's on yeah. the table. Interracial yeah. marriage is on the table to be overturned. If that, that, we that are, when we I are, saw someone talk about that, I was like, are what year are we in <laughs> i mean and that's what's scary it's just like no no really like we can't keep laughing about this like no this is like because it's funny but, it's but, not funny. but it's like i can't even fucking cry about it because i don't think i can physically wrap my head around those things going away like i know that it's a real possibility but thinking about interracial marriage possibly not being legal to me, that seems so absolutely absurd that My I can't even think about that. Have an interracial marriage. I'm a product of an interracial marriage. I'm in an interracial marriage. Like, yeah, like that idea. And I've had a conversation with my my friend Amy. You know, and it makes me want to cry because like she's not super political, right? Like it's yeah. not how she lives her life. She's not like me like that. Um, but. She is my best friend and she's reached out because she knows how I am. Yeah. So she's been very like in touch with me. And then I will say, and this makes me feel like a bad friend that like I was not in touch with her the way that I feel like I should have been through this because I knew why she was reaching out to me because she knows that I'm very like, this is how I am as a person. She knew that you were going to be affected by it. And I could tell by the way she was texting me that she wanted me to ask her how she was. Mm. You know how sometimes you can like tell. Yeah. And so I did. And she was like, I'm not doing well because she has a daughter. And Mm. the realization of I have less rights. I have less rights than my mother had. And if things go the way they're going, her my, daughter my, will have less rights my than she does. MJ, her baby, who I love so fucking much. Beautiful child. Like, will have less rights than we have had. Yeah. And it's not fair. And it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's scary. I it's can't scary. fucking imagine being a parent no. right now. Like, no. that's just, it's so scary. <sighs> okay, well, we've been talking a lot about very, very difficult things. But I did find a post on Instagram. I forgot to write in my notes. Let me give them credit where I found this. So this was a post from the Instagram page, so.informed. Love them. So good. They're great. They're so very informed. And so I'm going to inform you on what they informed me about. So one of their questions was, can I travel to another state to get an abortion? Biden has stated, quote, women must remain free to travel safely to another state to seek care if needed. My administration will defend that bedrock right. Now I know we can roll our eyes. Biden is saying this. We know that he said a lot of things and things like that. But as of right now, women are protected to be able to travel. Lots of businesses have said that they will pay for their employees to be able to travel and things like that, which I think is really wonderful. It is like fuck these businesses for so many reasons because a lot of them are like yeah. shitty in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, because like but Netflix and Disney are saying they'll pay for their employees. You but know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll take what I can get in terms of... 100%. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say these companies and Biden are great. This but is just for this. information yeah. for you to have. Yeah. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland also said that the Department of Justice would protect people who travel from states with bans to states where it is legal. So again, 
It's very important to know your rights. Always very, very important to know your rights. So the fact that our attorney general is saying that, that is something that you can remember. So I had just mentioned earlier about abortion pill access. For more answers regarding self-managed abortions, you can go to www.reprolegalhelpline.org. I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes. So if you're not writing them down, don't worry, you will have access to them. Uh, Another question has been, which states have protected abortion rights? So we did talk about this a little bit already, but I'm going to list off those states now where they do have protected abortion rights. The states are California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Maine, New Jersey, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington State, and Washington, D.C., Alaska, Kansas, and Michigan are working on laws to protect abortion in their states, but right now, it's a bit testy. What can we do? So here's a few things that we can do depending on your financial status and so on. One thing you can do is donate to the Abortion Fund at abortionfunds.org. That's a specific place that you can give your money. Don't just be sending your money to the Democratic Party. Consider purchasing abortion pills or emergency contraceptive pills to have on hand, but please do not stockpile. Very important. But I thought this was a really good option, especially if you have access to Planned Parenthood. They do give those things away for free, but you can also get them in a lot of your drugstores. Just to make yourself feel a little bit better, have some Plan B or have an abortion pill in your home. So if you ever do feel like you need it, you have that at the ready. Yeah, and there are several websites as well that you can check out. I can't remember them all right now, but I know that Plan plancee.com uh, yeah. is is one just off the top of my head that like you can look into it's a google plan c and um you can potentially come find up pills there as well yes and then also the website that i mentioned earlier that reprolegalhelpline.org will also be there for resources to be able to find a way to have a self-managed abortion Um, I mentioned what AOC was mentioning earlier about wanting to have a lot of these justices impeached and um, bringing up the fact that they had lied under oath. So you can sign AOC's petition to Biden urging them to take executive action to open clinics on federal land. The link, again, will be in our show notes because this one is just kind of a funky sounding link. I'm not going to read it out loud. And another thing, this is something that I think I'm actually going to look into, especially if my schedule clears up a little bit in the future. I don't know if it's going to be as needed in Los Angeles, but you can volunteer to be a clinic escort. Oh, yeah. If you do that, if we could go on the same days, that would be amazing. Wouldn't I would love it be to great? go with you. Yeah, that'd be yeah great. so yeah. you can contact your local clinic and sign up or to find a clinic near you, you can go to abortioncarenetwork.org and contact any clinic near you and see if you can sign up to be a volunteer as an escort. Anything that you can do to show more love and support to your fellow human in this time when we are all feeling so much hatred and hurt, I think that we can't expect the government and the people who are supposed to be taking care of us to do so and we have to do everything we can to take care of each other even if it is just in ways that we might feel are small yes <laughs> Keegan's crying again yeah no sorry like, don't I, say you're sorry no I do you know how many times I've cried on this stupid podcast <laughs> too many times let it out it's so wild like how it hits me at like the weirdest times like it really does it hits me at the weirdest times and I think like People who listen to both podcasts are probably going to get sick of me saying this because I I've, I said it when I recorded um, for my other podcast, but it's just, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm really soft inside and like 
I, I just hate it that like we're in a place where we're not looking out for each other. Yeah. Life is so hard and yeah. things are so difficult. And like all we need to do is like take care of each other. I could not agree more and with like you. Make sure that we're okay. Yeah. And like we're not doing that. And we're in fact, we're pulling away from exactly. That. And like, it scares me. It yeah. scares me. I it don't scares want me us too. to get like that as a society because like it's all we have. Yeah. All we have is this planet and each other. And each other. And like, we're not taking care of either right now. Exactly. It's it's so scary for me. You all know that my like comfort show to listen to when I can't sleep and stuff is True Crime Obsessed. I love Jillian Penzavalli on that show so much. She comes off as such a badass and is so tough and gets really angry about things really easily. But she always talks about how she stays up at night thinking about how some people don't have friends and some people don't have a meal on their table. And I feel this. I will sit up at night thinking about that shit. And whenever she mentions that, I'm like, I hear you when I think or when I think about a lost puppy, anything like that. And that's not softness. That to me is strength, because if we're not vulnerable and we can't show that softness, quote unquote, softness to other people, then we're not allowing them to do the same thing. And that's the only way that we're going to start caring about each other is if we start becoming more vulnerable. Yeah. And so like with that said, like take care of each other, like look out for each other because the people in charge are telling you that they don't care about you. But I genuinely believe that there are like more good people on this earth than there are bad people. I mean, the very last, I believe it was the very last entry of Anne Frank's diary. She wrote, I still believe through all of this that people are genuinely good at heart. I believe that. I do believe that. I I know that it's hard to see But I think that there are a lot of other things at play that, that drive people to make choices that are very selfish, thinking about the justices, thinking about a lot of the people on the right that are making a lot of decisions based on money and power and, you know, legacy, you know, essentially to get written up in history books in some way. They don't care about you and I. They care about what these things are going to do for them and their careers and, you know, their family line. You know, these are not people that care about other humans as a whole. You have one... I'll say this and then I'll be done it's just like you have one life that's what I believe you might believe something different um based on your own religious beliefs but for me what I believe is like we have one go around on this planet and you have one opportunity to ease the suffering of other people why would you make it harder why would you make it harder on anybody and so like this is your one opportunity use it wisely like that's that's all that I have to say is just like don't bring more pain and suffering into this world that is already so inherently full of it like all we have is each other to ease that yeah so like whatever you can do whatever I can do whatever we can do I think speaking as the podcast like life is fucking hard right now reach out reach out to each other um help each other out like yeah during this very difficult time reach out to us reach out to each other ask your friends how they're doing have these conversations because i also think that it is hard to bring up it is hard to have this conversation but the only way that we're going to be able to support each other is by checking in with each other and letting each other know that we care and 
do whatever you can from that little list that I gave at the end to support in any way possible, whether that be big or small. So I think that's probably all of the time we have for today. (laughs) Um, If you, I, I mean, I know all of you are feeling things. If you feel like you want to write to us, if you need anything, if you just want to get it out there, always feel free to write us in. If there are any topics that you want us to talk about in the future, especially now that all of this is happening, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Y'all know where the Facebook group is. You know about the business page. I'm not going to give you all that crap. You know to review. I'm not going to give you that whole spiel. Although, thank you for the people who have reviewed recently. Yes. We've gotten a couple new ones, and that's that's been lovely, so thank you. Yes, we do appreciate it, but I'm not going to focus on any of that right now. Um, I'd rather just be worried about all of you instead. So if you need anything, if you want anything, if you just want to send us a quick message, we can be a great sounding board. Feel free to reach out to us. We're here for you in any way that we possibly can. I hope that listening to this episode, even if it didn't make you feel better, at least means you feel like you were less alone, and there are people that are here for you and now I'm tearing up so we need to stop this episode now um all right that's all we have for you today with all that being said we encourage you to To rage on Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.